What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. From their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And yes, indeed, it is the Boomer and the Babe Show. It is Wednesday, 12, 12, 12. I guess we're not going to be able to say that for a while. Probably not in our lifetimes, anyhow. Uh, but maybe there's going to be a one one one, or no? I think that's done too. I think there's going to be years and years before we ever have that uh, phenomenon again. Uh, but at any rate, it is the Boomer the Vape Show on twelve twelve twelve. It is eleven o'clock in Arizona where we broadcast from. It's ten o'clock on the West Coast and two o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast. And uh, we're going to have some interesting conversation today with a, an expert in helping college graduates find a job. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that the Boomer the Babe Incorporated has a website, www.boomerandthebabe.com. Take a listen uh, to, uh, take a peek rather at everything that we have on the website. Find out more about what we do. We have uh, other shows that are on our Boomer and the Babe Network, uh, on our radio guests and hosts, and uh, we invite you to listen to them as well. In addition to that, we have our Straight Down the Middle Golf Show and our Making It small business show that we do as part of Arizona Boomer Radio. Please uh, take a look at the website, as I said. Get yourself on our email list, and you'll be able to receive every four to six weeks another online copy absolutely free of Boomer Experience Speaks, and many of the articles there are written by our guests and other show hosts. So we hope you can take advantage of that and hope you enjoy it. Always some good information to be shared there as well. All of that having been said, Deborah's not with me today. She is working on some of those uh, uh, some of those publishing projects, and uh, and we want to make sure that uh, uh, we uh, will have her back again soon, which we will have. However, she's um, uh, very busy today, and uh, we're going to just. Uh, kind of muddle on without her, but I've got a uh, a woman here that is going to help us out, uh, help me in my muddling, and that lady is Julie Hudson, and Julie Hudson is all about founding college grads a job, and what she has is a site that is called the College Grad Coach. Did I say that right, Julie? CollegeGradCoach.com, yes, please. Yeah, very good, and welcome to the show, by the way. I'm glad you could join us. Thank you, Pete. I really appreciate the invitation to be here. You've got a terrific show. Well, thank you. It's our privilege to have you as well. Um, before we get too far into what we're doing, uh, if you could be so kind as to give us any pertinent information, things like I started out as a very young child, uh, about your background and history, probably before you got into being the college grad coach. 
Absolutely. I, I did indeed start out as a very young child. Thanks for that, that start off. And um, I really spent my career, Pete, in um, recruiting, um, headhunting, quote-unquote, um, human resources, um, working with agencies, working with corporations, and finding talent, as they say, finding staff, finding individuals for hire by uh, these hiring managers that I was working with. And I worked through a lot of different industries, everything from you know Wall Street to media, energy and engineering, and I was placing people around the country. And uh, at a certain point, you know, people were asking me, can you help me? Can you help my grad? Can you help my, my niece, my nephew, you know, starting the family and then spreading beyond? And I really loved teaching the college students and the college grads things they need to know about doing their resume, doing their interviewing skills, assessing what type of position is right for them. And so I've turned it into my um, my full-time business, and I, I love working with the students. Uh, we hear all the time, Julia, about uh, how tough it is for college grads to find a job. Uh, there's people, uh, uh, we hear the same thing, obviously, about the the fellows that are coming in, ladies that are coming back from the wars, uh, and they can't find a job. And there's this big hiring, seems to be a national hiring um, uh, emphasis being put on hire a vet, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, uh, but uh, there doesn't seem to be a national uh, emphasis being put on to hire a college grad. You're right about that, Pete. And you know, it's part of uh, the situation for students, you know, who are sophomores, juniors, seniors now, and grads who are one or two years out, is that they are facing really difficult challenge. Um, so they do need all the help that they can get, and um, that's really where I come in and what my passion is, because. There's a lot that can be done, and as we all know, when you when you have um, help from somebody who's an expert in the field, you know you do better, right? You work with a personal trainer for fitness or a coach for a team, and so forth. So, um, with some help, with some guidance, with some um, intervention, so to speak, and, and correcting the course and all of that, they do have a better chance, and they do have better results. Is it is it the case? And I'm this is a, a, a I'm, I'm surmising this. Is is it the case that somebody with a special degree, specialty degree, i.e., medical doctor, attorney, physicist, uh, anything as in a, I guess you could call them advanced degrees, are they pretty much easy to place, or do they find their own placement without too much trouble? Uh, in today's market? Many of those folks with more advanced degrees, yes, they do find their placement and their graduate schools you know, work with them very closely on that. Uh, it's really the college grad who might be a liberal arts degree or a general business degree or a general communications degree, that kind of thing, who could, with that degree, have any number of different roles and enter any number of different industries. And that's sometimes actually the challenge is where to begin and how to um, approach the search. So when I work with um, my grad clients, my, my um, sophomore and junior clients on that, it's about understanding how different industries are connected, what type of roles will lead to a, another growth position, um, how to understand something about what those industries' needs are and 
how you can connect with that. So with many of them, it's a question of identifying the types of jobs will they really be good at and excel at and be appreciated at. Uh, when when you're in the process of uh, working with these students, you say you start in the sophomore and junior years in some cases? I do, because they need to get internships. We all know how many articles there have been lately about internships from the question of, you know, is it quite fair to bring on interns and not pay them very much or anything at all, to, again, the, the clear statistics that if you do get a good internship, it's very, very useful in really identifying for either that employer or another future employer that you've been out there. You've been in the world. You've been um, acclim acclimated to that industry. You've got some insider knowledge and, and impressions and even experience, and it goes a long way. So I do work with um, sophomores and juniors to help them get started on their career planning and gain those, those ever-important internships. I do. I do know that, uh, for instance, my son-in-law, who is an attorney, uh, served a uh, a paid internship at uh, a law firm that uh, I apparently was interested in him, and he was interested in them uh, while he was still finalizing his law degree, and um, I think prior to uh, and prior to studying for the bar, and then when he passed the bar, he was hired by that firm. Uh, he has since made a, a, a change in firms, but nonetheless, uh, the, the internship allows them uh, then uh, the opportunity to look at the prospective employer and the prospective employer to look at them and see if there's a fit there. Exactly. I have the same story of, of a young man I know who did an internship at a law firm uh, over this past summer and realized, whoa, this particular type of law, the corporate law, is not the way for me to go. So that's now enabled him to fine-tune you know, his career path uh, in a different direction within the law. So you're absolutely right, Pete. Either they help you because you realize, yes, I want to do this, or just as importantly, nope, I'm going in another direction. Well, it, it, really, it really does make it... Um makes the transition easier rather than getting out of school and beating the, beating the pavement looking for work and still then having bills to pay and, and, and so on and so forth, uh, normal living expenses to pay for. And uh, it takes some of the stress out when you have uh, something that's there already or you have a possibility even of a couple of good things that are there that you might be able to go to. It's got to ease the mind a little bit. That's right. And you, you make connections in the industry. So sometimes um, a student will have an internship and while they won't go on to work at that particular um, company or organization, they will have met other folks through their work there that will engage them uh, in relationships that can lead to a job somewhere else. So the internships, even the unpaid ones, are absolutely you know, becoming more and more competitive as well along with jobs because they, they do lead you you know, in a pretty strong way towards possible employment. The, let's let's talk a little bit about the unpaid internships. You had mentioned that earlier that they were uh, somewhat in the somewhat in the news uh, lately with regard to is it is it right to take these kids and and have them working for you uh, without paying them something. Uh, 
what are what are you finding is the uh, uh, the acceptance level as far as the student themselves are concerned? Well, it really depends on what stage they're at. So what I'm finding is that students who again are sophomores or juniors, they're all about getting the internship when they realize you know how key that is to developing work contacts and potential employment. So the competition for those internships, paid or unpaid, is quite high. Um, and then you have grads who've just graduated, and they may still feel that an internship after graduation, over that first summer or that you know first few months, um, is still valuable to them, even if they um, are not getting paid on it. A number of my clients, you know, have retained an internship, but at that point, often shifted it to a couple of days a week, or at least taken more control of their hours. Um, so that their focus can be on, you know, other job search as well. Well, and also it does go in in great deal toward resume building, doesn't it? Completely. And it's interesting. You know, most people think, Pete, when, when they think about somebody getting help on a resume from a professional, I think most people think about the idea that possibly people exaggerate or even lie about things on their resume. But I can tell you that after all my years in um the staffing business, a lot of what I've seen more so is that people don't quite understand how to present the strengths in their resume, uh, even professionals. But certainly with college grads and college students that I work with, I, I talk to them at length about their experiences at work, and you wouldn't believe how many things come up that are not on their resume that really show that they in some way to saving time or saving money or bringing a new idea to bear or, you know, solving a problem situation. And those are the kind of things that they need to have on their resume. And uh, while we're briefly here on the topic of, of resumes, um, the even an internship uh, while you're in high school and what you accomplish and if you do volunteer work or you're involved in some community activities, even in high school, it, that goes a long way to helping you gain entry into the university. And then if you continue those types of things in the university, it goes to it goes a long way, I would imagine, towards making you more saleable to the prospective employer. Is that uh, pretty accurate? Oh, yes, and if you think about it, it's this good reason because it shows that you're engaged, it shows that you know, you're energized by certain things, whatever your particular interests are, that you contribute to you know, organizations or teams or community situations with other people, so you're working with other people, that you've been able to stick with some things that you're interested in. So all of that reads to the employer as, okay, here's somebody who is willing to you know, put it out there and you know go to work for things that they are interested in. So uh, it's attractive to an employer. And many employers, if you are once you are employed by them, they expect you to do that. That's that's part of their own community outreach. So they need to know that somebody is willing to do that. Yeah, there's you know I think there's there's really more and more of a growing trend for um, all of us to be looking around, saying how can we help and what needs doing. Um, you see it in uh, corporations' social media presentations about what they're doing in their communities and so forth. And you see it in surveys of uh, the millennial and the next generation that it's important to them um, what the company they work for does for its community. So, uh, again, it's right to your point. Employers are looking at that. Uh, 
how um, how do people improve their their job search skills? What do you work with them specifically on as far as uh, trying to be a better candidate? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I have. Um, what I've really been able to do, I think, which is helpful, is um, kind of wrap it into a 10-step program that is clarified for, you know, the, the clients that I work with. You know, if we work in this way, following these steps, one after the other, we're going to build your, um, not only your the clarity of your goals, but all the different ways that you can be working on them. So um, in terms of these, you know, 10 steps that I work with, um, we start off with their career exploration. Because uh, as we said earlier, when you're coming out of college, you've learned this, you've learned that, but as far as how big and wide the world is and all of the ways that people work together and what leads to what, there's there's a lot of gaps in your knowledge, right? So I try to inform them about, you know, different career strategies and uh, different, well, I guess, like the lowdown, you know, <laughs> having worked sure. in so many different industries around the country for so many years, there's a lot about whatever their particular geographic or educational industry interest is that I can, you know, make sure that they understand. So we do that career research and that career exploration. Um, and we, then we start fine-tuning it into um, identifying um, information that they need. You know, they need to be engaged with the industry they're interested in. You know, they need to be um, looking on different sites and taking in information and stimulating and learning about their industry all the time so that when they are in an interview situation, um, they're not just quoting blandly off the company website, but they're really engaged in the industry. Well, then, I, I, would ima- I would imagine that if they if they have that kind of knowledge, that they can have a, a general knowledge of the type of thing that they're interviewing for, uh, that goes a long way to show the employer that they're uh, that they're a little deeper than just what's on that paper, too, doesn't it? Exactly, and it keeps it energizes them and keeps them fresh and and helps with that positive attitude because it is tough and you won't get a job necessarily in the first three days, you know. So you right. have to be prepared to you know go the distance. So I work with them on developing their network, um, and again. They forget all these other people that they can add to their network, and they're not sure, you know, how how can I reach out to this network of 10 or 20 or 40 people I have who are, um, you know, my, my family friends, my coaches, my own professors, you know, people that I did summer work for, et cetera. We put them all together, and we I teach them how to reach out, how to keep the network information flow going that is appropriate and, you know, not invasive, but would bring them to mind if somebody has an opportunity for them. Let, let's. I want to go back to what you were saying here, uh, and it, it prompted something that just jumped into my mind. And, and that is, let's, let's go back to the the resume for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. The the it used to be the resume was on a piece of paper. Uh, you would choose the paper, you would choose the font, you would choose all these things based on any number of people and and professionals in that area that would indicate this is the best one to use for this, and this is what you say and don't say, and uh, all kinds of rules and regs. Is the physical resume the physical resume? Is it still done on paper, or is it electronic these days? 
it, it lives in both worlds now, Pete. <laughs> so it has to be written for both worlds. So that's part of the new, the new uh, paradigm in terms of uh, you know the job search is that you really have to break the resume down into you know who's reading it and where. So we have the electronic eye, so to speak, that reads it. When you have to upload your resume online through a job search board or through a company portal, then it has to have a certain format, or it can be more effective with a certain format, right? Okay. And then you also want to bring your resume to any interview on paper, as usual, right? And then the third way, you're going to be emailing it, you know, directly to, um, you know, corporations or contacts and things like that. So, you know, there's a few different important keys that have to do with each of these formats that the resume needs to work in. And the truth is, is that if you're looking at a job that is, you know, in kind of a different silo of the same industry, but really it's, it's, it's got a different language, you need to kind of tweak that resume to emphasize your experience in that area. So they, it's a lot different than, you know, when some of us remember we just typed up a resume. Uh, I want to kind of stay on this topic. I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate of saying things like that. Uh, I mentioned that there are transferable skills. In other words, if uh, if somebody claims to be a uh, a salesperson, they may have, be a salesperson in category A or industry A, but yet they could probably, if they're a good, strong salesperson and have good basic sales fundamentals and skills, they could probably be a salesperson in industry B because at that point, the knowledge on how to be a salesman is still intact. It's a function of product knowledge. Do you find that to be the case? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of a caveat to that. Um, first of all, you're really speaking in some way more about um, a job seeker who's more advanced than the folks that I tend to work with. Um, of course, with all my years of, of uh, you know, staffing work, I know what you're talking about. The way that the resume um, works in that case most effectively is not the old-fashioned, so to speak, chronological resume, but a resume which is more functional, which you know, shows right at the you know, top third of the resume the skills, the particular selling methods, particular selling training. It elucidates a few really key sales. You know, went from a cold start to a you know hundred thousand dollar contract over X amount of time. Blah blah. So it's important now for folks to extract from their resume these very key skills and specific accomplishments, time, money, all of that and put them at the top of the resume because both the electronic eye and the human eye are just going by at about 15 seconds max. So you can't search through the old chronologies anymore. Well, it was way back in the day when I was uh, job searching and so on and so forth. Uh, there was a case where they didn't want the resume to be too long. Uh, other people were saying, oh, make it a book. Uh, and and I know whenever I would receive a resume, if it was one of those real thick things, uh, frankly, it became bathroom reading. Uh, it, it, I mean, there's just too much there to to try to right. digest. And um, so, I mean, it, I always preferred one that was short, snappy, to the point. Bang, bang, bang. Give it to me on one page. If you can't give it to me on one page, then you're trying to you're trying to snow me with something is the way I personally felt about it. Uh, 
is is any of that uh, that I was feeling accurate today, or is it is it changed? Uh, I understand you saying that they have to be short and concise, and all your lead stuff on the top. And is is it just about it? That's it, a one page resume, and that that does it, or should it be more than that? It's still true that it's more it's more acceptable to have a one page resume. Now, again, if you're if you're a recent grad or a student. You really need to keep it to one page. Absolutely, there's no excuse for anything longer than that. Of course, a professional farther along in their career, they might run over to a page and a half or two pages. Some of that length is lost now because we're scrolling so much. Right. So we're not flipping those pages, so it's not adding up to a lengthy paper flattened situation that we used to have in the past. So there's a little bit more mercy on that now. However, Two pages is certainly plenty, even for a full, you know, long professional. I want to get back to your to your list of uh, of items, but uh, let's. I think you gave me the maybe the first two before I took us off on this resume tangent here. Um, but even before I go back to that, uh, I, what I'd like to have some information on uh, is what are some of the hot industries right now that uh, people should take a look at and see if they uh, can match up with some of the skills required? That's a very interesting question. Um, the answer is kind of, um, but there's both a, a big arc and then there's some piecemeal parts to the answer. So first of all, we're all reading, I think, about how the medical industry and medical technology is a growing industry still, and you know, responsible for a certain amount of the hiring that is happening now. Um, there's also a fair amount of movement that we're seeing in uh, technology as far as IT. Um, we have so many new uh, needs on the technology side as far as the smart grid and um, you know, aging infrastructure and appliances and so forth. That uh, you know, IT has a tremendous amount of hiring of IT engineers still. Engineering as well um, has a strength in a lot of parts of the company, both new energy type of engineering and, and the traditional mechanical, chemical, et cetera. And then other industries that we're seeing take a boom like the you know, gas, natural gas industry. Those bring with them not just the folks who are you know, fluent in natural gas per se, but you know, lots of supporting industries. So, that brings you to a question of geographically. Um, if you're near an area where there is a boom in, in let's say, the national, natural gas, such as you know, Pennsylvania, there's going to be other kinds of jobs related to supporting that industry in your local area. So you know, this does bring me to my the third point of what I work with them on is their actual, um, you know, after they're identified the kinds of career they're interested in and what they are looking to do, you know, to really look at their strategy of looking for a job because um, they need to understand this type of information about the career that they have an interest in. So that involves, you know, reading the news and I direct them to different kinds of information feeds that are going to help them, you know, learn more about their particular area. Um, with regard to the, the the areas that are hot, on the other side of the coin, there's got to be things that you probably should avoid because they're dead or dying. Uh, are there some of those that you can uh, uh, pinpoint? Well, you know, again, um, we've seen that 
uh, unfortunately, attorneys, a law degree is not as fast a hire by any means as it was a few years ago. So we've, we've been seeing reports about a, uh, something of a glut of attorneys. So again, that also relates to other areas within law firms and people related, you know, in positions related to that. Um, we're seeing, of course, a huge change in publishing. So folks who traditionally, you know, would have been interested in uh, print publishing and so forth are now, you know, needing those online skills in order to be in that world. Um, so things are changing, and uh, people need to be apprised of that. Well, I'm I'm certainly familiar with uh, the publishing aspect of things, having been an old newspaper guy from way back when, uh, and, and the struggles that newspapers are going through with making the transition to being electronic and online, uh, and how do they monetize that uh, becomes uh, something of importance, and and also uh, how do you uh, how do you justify uh, an advertiser? Uh, as far as what you're going to charge them, because it used to be that if you had 150,000 papers delivered daily, you could that was audited and you could prove that you had 150,000 papers. But now there's it's a little tougher to prove in some cases that uh, your number is really there because uh, this is the electronic thing is still being uh, understood by the publishers themselves, let alone. Uh, how the advertisers are going to uh, react to it. So I understand that. That's right, and there's fantastic, you know, publishing going on um, electronically of things that we used to see, you know, in print, like the PDFs and everything else. So you know, there's still opportunity, opportunity, but it depends on what your skill set is, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, why don't, why don't we take a, a bit of a break here, uh, Julie, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back after uh, a few announcements, and we'll finish with your we'll finish up with your list of uh, of the ten things that you can help people with specifically. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after these few messages. Boomer the Babe are the publishers of Boomer series books. Our authors have their own shows on the Boomer the Babe network. We encourage you to listen. Ron Naraki, author of the forthcoming book, The Ten Commandments of Investing, is the host of Wealth DNA, a financial show about real estate investment. Learn how to build and manage your portfolio. Ron hosts the show, and he always has good information to pass along, as do his guests. Listen to Wealth DNA on the second and fourth Monday of the month at 8 a.m. Arizona time. Tom Liggering's another Boomer Series author. His book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, is the basis of the show he does with his broadcast partner, Dr. Terry Munther. Listen to Success or Failure with Tom and Terry on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Learn how you can maximize your performance in business and in life. The methods you employ can either help or hinder. The choice is yours. Before you book your next round of golf in Arizona, go see what golfers just like you are saying about the courses you want to play at GolfMix.com. While you're there, write a review of the last course you played and get $10 off your next purchase at Vans Golf Shops and enter into our Greenskeeper of the Year contest for a chance to win a foursome at the home of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale. So check out Golf Mix, Arizona's leading golf course review site and mobile app. What are you waiting for? Yeah, at golfmix.com. 
The Boomer and the Babe are proud to be affiliated with Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. Valley View is now serving Phoenix from their new 36,000-square-foot location at West Peoria and 107th Avenue in Sun City, Arizona. The new location houses the Food Bank, Feeding Arizona, and the Valley View Thrift Store. Feeding Arizona delivers food to other food banks and food pantries that are in need. If you're looking for a 501c3 to support, go to valleyviewcommunityfoodbank.com. All donations are welcome, be it food, money, or volunteer hours. No donation is too small. Get a hold of Jesse Ramirez, founder and director, and say, I want to help. Valley View Community Food Bank, where the food is always free. And we are back. It is 12-12-12. This is the Boomer and the Babe Show, and we are talking with uh, with uh, Julie Hod- Hodson. Why can't I get that name out all of a sudden? Julie Hodson, college, the college grad coach. Uh, and uh, Julie's been giving us some tips and information uh, about what uh, college grads need to think about when they're out there in their job search. And she has a 10-step job search system uh, on her uh, on the website, and you can take uh, take advantage of that. And she's uh, taking us through that. Julie, uh, where did we leave off? Did we leave off with number three? Is that about right? Yeah, I think we covered number three, the, the resume, and uh, we're moving on to number four, right? Right. Okay. So number four um, is really what I consider their job search strategies. So unfortunately, a lot of the, the grads who come to me. Their strategy is mainly to, you know, talk to the folks that mom or dad or somebody introduced them to and then spend a lot of time in cyberspace applying to jobs online from the big job board, right? So the problem with that plan, that strategy, is that um, whatever the statistics end up to be exactly, they range different studies between 15 and 25% of jobs are obtained through an online job posting. So when you have a a grad who's spending, you know, 80% of their job search time looking for an online job posting, you can see how that math is not going to work out. So what I introduce them to is, you know, other ways of looking for jobs besides online. I, I, I kind of jokingly refer to this as my cyberspace rescue mission because um, I don't want them lost up there in cyberspace and bring them back down to Earth and get hired, you know? Right. So I talk to them about networking and social media and show them, you know, how those avenues, you know, can work for them. And sometimes it's it's giving them, um, you know, a, a template of how to connect with folks on, let's say, LinkedIn or other social media. Facebook has a new um, job page that uh, was launched just a few weeks ago, et cetera. So how do we communicate on these pages with these people? How do we engage beyond um, you know, just looking at this site online? There are ways, but um, we want to start online but pivot back down to earth, you know? The, the, uh, the, the way that people look at, for jobs now is different than the way they did 10 or 15 years ago, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. You know, on the one hand, um, networking has always been one of the best ways, you know, back then and now, and it, it continues to be. We just have different strategies of networking and different mediums that we, you know, we start with. So, the networking back when used to be 
you know, connecting with people in your town or community organizations, et cetera. And that's still very important, absolutely, of course. And yet we can also reach out to new people through um, services such as LinkedIn, through Facebook, through, you know, multiple avenues online where people in your industry are getting together and talking to each other. And as they say, you can join the conversation and um, get in front of some people in a different way. So that kind of takes me to my my step five, which is helping them develop their network and teaching them how to make those connections uh, or how to find those connections. And then, you know, step six is how do I actually make those contacts? You know, how do I connect effectively with these career professionals? You know, I'm just a grad, right? But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they don't have something to offer. And uh, as we know, sometimes bold action is rewarded. Sure. Uh Let's let's stick with the networking thing for a minute. I relate networking for the most part uh, to the networking that we do, which is going to networking meetings or groups, uh, discussing with people various aspects of their job and ours, and we in, indirectly looking for business. In other words, will you buy something from me? Um, and. I find in many cases the networking groups, uh, the people that you're talking to don't have the authority to, as I say, write the check. Uh, They can't sign on the dotted line. They can't write the check. And so you're almost – their purpose of being there is the same purpose as you're being there. They're looking for business. Um, Is it the same situation that uh, when you're looking for a job – uh, you have to pick and choose the networking organizations and networking groups you go to because there's no sense in being there with a bunch of other people that are looking for the same job you are. Right, right. It's much more, you know, what I try to help my, my grads do is much more focused on that. So, for example, you know, are they active in, you know, their fraternity or sorority organizations? But how, you know, are, can they help bring a speaker in from an industry that they're interested in? Wow, that could be a nice connection. They might, they might get a job from that very person, for heaven's sure. Or, you know, at the very least, be able to make some more connections in that industry. So that's just one example of of the difference between, you know, passively attending, you know, a, a job meeting of all the unemployed folks in your fraternity to actively, you know, creating an event which, you know, could help you and other people. So it's about focusing and and um, you know taking some action. Well, the job of looking for a job is a job in in the in, a, in, a, in and of itself. Big job, right. Right, which is why it's so important to, you know, have a plan, have a strategy, and um, make sure that you're implementing different pieces of it, you know, at the same time. So, we're, again, you know, we're not just sitting around looking at the job boards waiting for something to pop up, but... We're meeting with people. We're connecting with people on industry associations. We're engaging with, you know, folks that we can um, learn something from. That's one of the other steps that I offer them. Is I have, through all my experience, I have a whole stable full of people who are in, you know, widely different professions who are making themselves available to, you know, have what we call an informational interview with these grads because. Um, you can meet with somebody finally, you know, who's in documentary and film production or photography or retail banking or the smart grid and find out that, oh, you know, there are different types of positions that I could get in this industry that relate to myself. But, um, but you need to talk to somebody to, to learn, right? 
Well, that's true, and I and I think that can be can be pointed out by the fact that um, uh, when you think of the things that what, what's in the news, for instance, when they were talking about the the automotive industry in Detroit. Uh, disappearing and uh, and all the all the reasons of course why it was that you they shouldn't let it disappear political i'm not going to get into the politics of it. but the fact of the matter is there are all kinds of other ancillary jobs and and, and positions and everything that would have been affected by the fact that if uh, chrysler and general motors were not a business there are going to be a lot of there's a big ripple effect there but right. by the same by the by the same token there is that same ripple effect with regard to people when they're looking for a job in a particular industry that they are also possibilities for employment. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. So that's how, you know, one connection leads to another and you learn something, it points you in, you know, a slightly different direction, but, you know, a tangent that you hadn't thought of or understood was related. And so you you keep spreading your network and spreading, you know, where you're reaching out to and then that increases, you know, the opportunities. Absolutely. Um, I, I I don't remember what number you were on on your on your ten steps. Uh, you, you, you well, we're coming charity? to the last couple. So it's okay. really the last couple steps are about the um, you know, the communications, their cover letters, their you know, their introductions, the communications that they're doing online, whether it's LinkedIn or industry groups and so forth, and then of course the interview. So you know, in terms of those communications, here's an example. One of my clients told me that his college explained to him that um, a cover letter should always be at least two pages. Well, really? back, back to your earlier point, you and I both know that we do not want to read that cover letter and we'll probably look at that cover letter and say, this person doesn't get it, I might not even read the resume, right? Right. So um, helping them not only understand the protocol and the and the the format that things need, but also helping them, you know, a little bit of liberation of their own voice. You know, many of them feel like they have to speak in what they consider to be this, you know, classic monotone corporate voice that they're just putting on, you know, and they they need to release a little bit of themselves into that cover letter so that they're identifiable, right? So sometimes it's just giving them some permission. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, first of all, <laughs> two-page cover letter, that's, that, that's a short story. Um, <laughs> that doesn't qualify as a letter to my to my way of thinking, but, you know, I, I guess. So, uh, so with regard to the specific industries that you work with, uh, are you across the board or are there some that you highlight? Well, honestly, I have worked... Um in so many different industries, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, I don't necessarily exclude myself. But when someone, you know, comes to my site and, you know, emails me or calls me and we talk about whether to work together, you know, that comes up. And, you know, if I don't feel like I'm the right fit to help them, I certainly let them know. But um, overall, I've been able to, you know, work with most of the folks who've, who've been interested. Um, you know, as you said, in terms of the transferable skills, um, it's absolutely uh, something that I've been doing for so long, you know, getting people ready for interviews, um, you know, dozens <laughs> every week or month for so many years that uh, it's, um, it's something that I know very well. And, and I will just make that point about interviewing, which is the last step I work with them on. Um, that's an exciting 
piece to work on because when a person really prepares and, you know, I take them through, you know, where they can look on the company website, you know, for the, the latest news that pertains to the position that they're interviewing for and how they can do some further research around that subject so they really go into the interview, you know, knowing something that's valuable and being able to contribute to the conversation and ask questions that show their intelligence um, and their preparation, it really makes a huge difference. In fact, one of my um, one of my clients told me she tells all her friends that she has a fairy job mother. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah. Uh, over the years, uh, how many people do you think you've probably started on their career? Gosh, you know, I I I wonder. I know one time a few years ago I counted it up and I realized just on the back of the napkin that I had probably interviewed over fifteen thousand people. Wow. You know, or the resumes done looked at over fifteen thousand resumes and then mm-hmm. interviewed, you know, some at least twenty percent of those, you know. So I don't know the number, honestly. I'm gonna have to calculate that. I just ran into somebody um that I had placed as an admin assist many years ago, who is now a VP of a major bank. Isn't that interesting? Yes, that's great. That's great. Uh, let's get back to this resume for a second. You've, you've read, uh, or at least studied at some level, to some degree, 15,000 resumes. Right. Is it safe to say that what makes the 20% that you're going to interview the same criteria as the 20% possibly that the human resource person or the hiring uh, individual at a company uses the same criteria as you use? Oh, yeah, because that's what I spent my 20 years doing is taking the resumes that the hiring manager at my client companies would be interested in. So for me, it was you know 20 years of understanding what resumes do they want to see? What are they looking for? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, Pete. So, uh, as we're starting to wrap things up here, is there is there anything that uh, uh, you could? I mean, you've given us some great tips and so on and so forth. But uh, what is the one thing, if you can put your finger on it, that you would tell every uh, every person that you send out? Uh, on a uh, on an interview, what is the one thing that you would tell every one of them to do for the most part? Hello? Well, I don't know what happened. Uh, Julie was here a minute ago, and now we seem to have, have lost her. Hello? Well, she still shows that she's... Uh, She's on, and that we're we're connected. So, uh, at any rate, uh, we'll just have to wait for a second here and see if she comes back on. Uh, but we lost her in the middle of that uh, in the middle of that question, and she could be answering right now. And for some reason, I don't uh, I don't hear. Her. So I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to thank her for being on the show and being a guest, and. Uh, she has fallen off, as a matter of fact, so she will be probably calling back in. Uh, give her a minute to do that. Uh, we've had an interesting conversation about her years as a college grad coach, and there she is. And she's back. Uh, good thing we good thing we talked about that, Julie, before you <laughs> disappeared off the screen. 
Right. I know what you were asking me. What's the one thing I would tell someone to go, going on an interview? Yeah, the one the one thing exactly. The one thing that you could tell somebody that you would tell everybody. Okay. This is one thing that I do tell everyone, which is stop thinking about the interview as a make or break situation because you already know what you're going to do on the interview. You're going to go for this job. So you don't need to go on the interview wondering do you want the job and kind of trying to find out uh, too intensively if you want the job. You want to go for the job offer because everyone is absorbing the information in the interview. They're asking the questions. They're going to be able to make a decision if they want the job, but that's not where you want your head to be when you're in the interview. You want to be focused, you know, like for a goal at the end of the field. You want the offer because that's when you decide. You don't get the offer, they've made the decision. When you get the offer, that's when you make the decision. So in order to be in that, that place of going for the, for the job offer, you've got to do all this preparation that I talked about with the research and, and so forth. So then you know. You're going in there to show them your stuff and talk about what you know and be receptive to them. But um, you can kind of relax because you know what you're going to do. Exactly. Good advice. Uh, do you, in in a sales scenario, and this is in some in, in some ways is a sales scenario to try to sell yourself and your skills. Uh, do you ask for the order? Do you ask for the job? Yes, absolutely. Ask for the job. Do not be afraid to be corny. It's an old word, right? Don't be right. afraid to be cheesy. Ask for a job at the end of the interview when um, you know, the client is. You know, wrapping it up with you. If you have any more questions, hopefully by now you've already asked you know several intelligent questions based on your research. And then you do. You ask in one form or another. You ask them, you know, how do you see my qualifications for the role? I'm I'm very very interested. Or when would we be able to expect next steps? I'd be very interested in joining the team and giving 150 percent. You ask for the job definitely. Uh, and th- th- at that point, whatever the however you frame the question is something that they have the candidate has to come up with uh, that formulation pretty much um, on the spot based on what's happened previous. Correct? That's right. I mean, I certainly work with my my um, students on mock interviewing so that they're prepared for a lot of different scenarios. That's very important. And but when it comes right down to it, you're not sitting in their in their hip pocket saying, "Ask this, <laughs> say that." That's right. <laughs> they are, at, some, at some point, you got to turn your kids loose in the streets, don't you? That's right. That's right. And I, you know, the parents of of my uh, students, you know, are often very relieved because when they start working with me, then they can go back to you know the, the parenting relationship rather than trying to be the job coach themselves. <laughs> exactly. I imagine it, uh, it it settles things out on the home front, too, when they're, when when somebody's saying, haven't you gotten a job yet? Right, right. It can yeah. definitely increase the harmony in the home of taking yeah. that off the parents' plate. Right. How many, inter- how many interviews are you going on today? How many resumes did you send out? <laughs> I can right. hear it. I can hear it all now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, Julie, I tell you, it's been a, a, a joy and a pleasure 
uh, having you with me today for the hour and all good information. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your shameless self-promotion. Tell us anything you want to tell us about how people can uh, reach you and work with you. Terrific. Let me first say thank you, Pete. I, I certainly hope some of what I said is helpful to some of your listeners, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share the time with you and how easy you've been to talk to. So, so thanks very much for that. And uh, certainly anyone who has got a grad in their life or a college student in their life and is wondering and maybe worrying a little bit about what the economy holds in their future job search, um, feel free to you know, please visit my website, collegegradcoach.com. And um, I'd like to suggest that people look over the site and then um, contact me to schedule a short call. It's a complimentary call, of course, 20, 30 minutes. And, you know, it's a strategy session where I talk with folks about, well, what are you thinking now and what do you have in mind of how to approach your goals. And then we talk about the kind of way I work with uh, with people and see if there's a fit to work together. So um, take a look. There's uh, information there on collegegradcoach.com, and it would be a pleasure to speak with uh, any of you. Well, Julie, it's all good information. Uh, anything you can do to help some of these uh, young folks uh, get to work sooner and start paying off those student loans quicker, that would be certainly wonderful and uh, and worthwhile effort. So uh, we commend you for doing what you're doing, and, and thanks again for being a guest on the show. Thanks much, Pete. Take care. We'll talk soon. Uh, Very good. This has been the Boom and the Babe Show, and we've been talking with Ms. Julie Hodson, College Grads Coach, collegegradcoach.com. Go to the website if you're in need of help uh, finding employment after your graduation, and matter of fact, before your graduation your, in your sophomore and junior years. And uh, boomers, if you have grandchildren that are in that capacity, uh, in that category, uh, you may want to tell them about this also because it may be the case where uh, they're going to be able to help your kids. You're uh, out by the fact that your grandkids are going to work and maybe not staying at home. Uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? So that having been said, we hope you enjoyed the show today. We'll be back again tomorrow with some more great guests. Uh, don't forget, 9 o'clock tomorrow on Arizona Boomer Radio, we're going to be doing our Straight Down the Middle Golf Show uh, as, as the first show of the day tomorrow. So hope you can join us for that as well. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Take care, all. show where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.